0: Welcome to How to Ruin Your Own Reputation, the show where I talk to people who either have unusual jobs or have chosen to live lives that some people just don't quite understand and they're doing it unapologetically. My goal is to talk about things that make people uncomfortable because I believe that if we talk about things, we learn. If we learn, we understand. And then the uncomfortable things become a little bit more comfortable. Today, we're talking about something that you think is pretty black and white. At the surface, it seems black and white. However, so we're gonna be talking about infidelity. Now, infidelity is cheating and cheating's wrong. However, there are people who would say that infidelity is inevitable when it comes to long-term monogamous relationships. Also, what defines cheating? To some people, it's having sex with someone else. To other people, it could be an emotional affair. What if your partner isn't having sex with someone else, but they're constantly talking to, texting, sharing emotional information with somebody else and not you? Is that worse? Is it worse than if they're just having sex? So much to unpack. And I'm very excited with my expert today, Giovanna Elias, because Giovanna is a human connection and communication expert. And I'm excited to talk with her because... Her take on this, her perspectives are refreshing and modern, and she's used those perspectives to create her nine key system called the Connection Code, which we're going to talk about later as well. So I want to jump right in and say hello, Giamana, and welcome to How to
1: Ruin Your Own Reputation. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Marcy. It's honestly such a pleasure, and even just hearing the title of this podcast, I was like, oh my God, I need to know this more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, here we go. We are going to, we're going to get down and dirty with this because I'm going to ask you straight out just from the, from the top. Mm -hmm. Do you think, and I know people are going to be, it's already going to ruffle some feathers here, but do you think that infidelity is inevitable in long-term traditional monogamous relationships?
1: Yeah, super interesting question. I always say that I don't necessarily think human beings are strictly monogamous, and I don't necessarily think we're all polyamorous either. I see some people, I see it in my brother, for example, has been with the same woman since he was 18 years old. I've never seen him put his eyes on another woman. His energy is fully in that marriage, and he's been with her maybe 15 or so years now, super devoted. I think some people genuinely are like that and they're just like genuinely content in the relationships that they're in. I see on the other hand, people that can't be with someone for more than one year, even let's say, or a couple months before they're already itching to explore something new or different. This is, this is one example. People have been in marriages, let's say for 10, 20, even 30 years, and then they decide to explore outside of that box. And that exploration can happen for many different reasons. So I think it would be hard to just paint one brush against humanity or across humanity and say, we are all single-handedly monogamous or polyamorous. I don't think we operate that way. I think we can even move in phrases or phases of our lives where there's moments where we are more monogamous by nature and other moments where we are more polyamorous by nature. So and, and couples can move in and out of this together, individuals right. can move in and out of this together. So at the end of the day, I always come back to communicating. And and that first and foremost looks like talking to yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> and asking yourself what you want and whether you're still on the same page with yourself, you know, every day or whether your values and behavior are starting to shift. And then of course, communicating that with your partner, assuming you do have a partner
0: funny because every time I've done any show on any type of relationship, communication is key. Communication is key. And I think that there's so much fear yeah. around bringing up certain topics to your partner. And I think, I know we are brought up from the get-go with this ideal of you partner up, you date, you get married, you have kids and you stay together till death do you part. And I think that while... Like you said, there's some people who just, that's, that's their goal and that's what they want and they're, they're in it forever. But I also think that as you get older sometimes, that you do, you might realize that maybe, maybe it's not the ideal for you. And I don't know, It's not that I don't know, I, I, I think that we put, carry so much shame with that. I think that because we're told there's only one way, that if you are with somebody, whether it's a year or 10 years and you're kind of feeling maybe a little trapped or just you want something new that you feel like you're bad. And I don't think that that's
1: necessarily, well, I don't think it's true. It's how you go about it, where it gets dicey. Yeah. I love that. You said that 110% because exactly, as I said, we're not going to be the same person yesterday as we are tomorrow. And so for us to actually be able to put shame aside for a moment and say, let's have a real conversation and actually understand what's going on underneath all those layers that are leading us to to potentially cheat. I mean, oftentimes, I think where the shame comes up is that people have a certain identity of themselves, and they have values, and their values stay for for multiple different reasons. and upbringing, we can jump into religion and all these things afterwards, but, you know, we have values. Some people have values around this idea of monogamy is the only way, and that's what is normal. And so if they're starting to notice that their behavior is out of alignment with those values, that's where shame comes into play a lot of the time. And so rather than sitting down with themselves and saying, okay, have my values shifted? And how is Mm -hmm. that showing up in my behavior rather than needing to shake myself? Then they could start to have a real dialogue with understanding themselves deeper and therefore being able to present that to their partner. Right, and it's interesting because even even the word value, hmm. that
0: your value, I feel again, it, and it's funny because as I'm saying this, I'm thinking, oh God, it sounds like I'm condoning cheating, and it's not that I'm condoning cheating. I'm just, I'm just realizing that there there's so many different ways to have relationships. There's so many different ways to to love. There's so many different ways to be connected mm-hmm. to people, and and I think that when we don't understand that there are options or that it's okay to not fit a certain mold, then I think we feel, oh, there's, again, there's something wrong. And so, oh, my, my values have changed. And it's not values. It's just, you're just recognizing a different part. Cause I also think that sometimes, like you said, you're not the same person tomorrow as yesterday. Well, imagine. Like if you get married when you're 25 Mm. to to expect to be, you need certain that you are looking for certain things because there are certain things that you're missing. And then 10 years later, you've grown, you've changed. And so your needs change. And maybe that person isn't giving what you need. Maybe you're not giving what they need. Maybe you need something different. And then 10 years after that, I mean, you're, you're, you hope that you're constantly evolving. So how can one person sort of be everything? And I think that that's when there's, people will stay married because they confuse long marriages with good marriages.
1: Mm, and, you it, right?
0: Right. and you think, right? And you think, right? And exactly. And you think, oh well, they've been married forty years. Okay, but have they been happy for forty years? Or someone else has been married for six years, and then they they took the relationship as far as it could go, left amicably. To me, that's a successful a successful relationship. It doesn't have to necessarily be the longest. Best. But it's recognizing that you might need different things
1: than you did originally, and to promise that you'll never change is, I think, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, it sounds a lot like what you're saying is being honest with yourself, being real with yourself, checking in, seeing what's going on. And, and I agree with you in terms of what you said, Marcy, it's not necessarily about condoning cheating. It's really about, um, recognizing the importance of communicating. So however, and whatever that conversation needs to look like, it's better to have the conversation than to, to sweep things under the rug and then hope that magically something changes or gets better.
0: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And there are different people. I mean, I, look, I, I knew somebody years ago who, who was sort of a serial cheater in the sense that wanted the trophy wife, yeah. got married, but never, was never faithful. That's, they wanted an image, but they wanted, that's not okay. That's a, that's a
1: separate, Story that's in a
0: whole time. other thing. You know, that's, that's not showing your partner respect. That's going in with an agenda. That's manipulative. So there's different, there's different ways that things happen. But I think there's a reason why there is so much infidelity in marriages. And I, and I know that the, the, there are a bunch of stereotypes along with it that it's mostly men, which I think I've read a few studies that one said, no, it's more women. And one says, no, it's still men. But it's still, it's, it's both. You know, and it's—I—I I do think it's something that we have. It's an—it's one of those things. It's an uncomfortable conversation to have, but it's better to have it because if you don't, that's when the—I've always said—it's not the—the the sex. It's not even the communication. It's the lying around it. That is what makes me uncomfortable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah of you course. Know? Yeah. And I—I I wanted to go full circle for a moment back to your piece about you know men versus women, women and cheating. And what, do, what does cheating even mean? And yes. if we were to talk about it maybe from, and we're, right now I'm, I'm generalizing, but I think oftentimes we'll see that women will look to cheat because there's something emotionally missing and they often feel that there's a, a sense of, you know, an emotional need or there's not enough... Um, one-on-one quality time, conversations opening up, intimacy taking place in the relationship. Whereas on the other hand, often you'll see men cheating more for the physical aspects of things. With that being said, once again, like I said, huge stereotype generalization. Is that always the case? No, I think cheating often can happen because it brings out a part in us that doesn't get to come to life with the partner that we're with. And so oftentimes we we think cheating is about something missing in the relationship we're in. And it can be, it can be that something emotional is missing. It can be that something physical is missing. You know, it can be that that quality time is missing or a sense of excitement or freedom or whatever is missing. But it can also very much be that, you know, we get shaped based on the people that we spend our time with. And so certain parts of who we are get to come out with the partner that we're with. Now, imagine being with that partner for 20 years or 30 years, you've gotten used to a certain part of yourself, a certain identity showing up consistently day in, day out with that Mm -hmm. person. And whether we're aware of it or not, sometimes we want another side of ourselves to come to life. You know, that reminiscing of, oh, when I was younger, you know, I did this, or I explored that, or I remember this time. And so, kind of like going back into that memory bank and saying, there was a part of me that used to be this way. And often I find, you know, in the most random of occasions, people can end up finding themselves cheating because maybe they went away on a business meeting and they met someone that brought that side out of them that they didn't even know was missing until that evening. So, and they like it and they lean into it. And then they find themselves out of alignment with their beliefs, once again, their values, and then their actions does that make it wrong? No, I just think it makes it worth questioning, you know, where are you currently at and has something shifted? For sure. And I think that's, again, it comes down to, it's
0: funny because we, I spoke with an expert on non-traditional marriages and she was in an open relationship. And and that's exactly what she said was that the different people that she met brought out different parts in her and, and some that completely surprised her. And I think again, what's scary for people is if you are in a situation where let's say, you start a new job and you meet somebody and they, get, they bring out a certain part of you, or you've started a, a different hobby and you meet someone that whatever it is I guess ideally you go to your partner and you say, "Wow, I've discovered that I'm, I have this creative side I didn't even know and i want to I want to encourage that or I've discovered I have this business sense whatever it is that I guess the fear or what can happen is that you bring that to your partner I, the best thing would be if they went, wow, that's fantastic. How can we nurture that? Yes. But when you're dealing with two people, I mean, that's, that's the thing in a relationship. It's you and the other person. That person is bringing their own insecurity, their own feelings to that. So they might, they might say, great, how can we explore that? But they might go, oh, wait a minute. I'm not comfortable with that. And well, now they're going to want to go out. And what does that mean for me? And, and I don't, I'm not interested in, in that and how...
1: Yeah. And that's
0: when people can feel like, uh-oh, well, now I have the side of me that I want to explore. I'm not being given the chance to do that. And that's when you feel sure. torn. What do you do? Do you, do you hide that? Do you not do it? Do you, do you push down that side of you and feel unfulfilled? Or do you say, screw it, I'm going to do it, and there's fights? Or do you say, I'm going out with my girlfriends," and you're going out
1: somewhere else? <laughs> yeah, also, <laughs> very much you thanks. You know, it's something that as you were speaking, Marcy, that I was thinking, and this is actually the very first key that I teach about in my nine key system that I call the connection code, it's curiosity. And I think that when we actually not only get curious about someone in the beginning when we're getting to know them, but when we maintain that curiosity throughout our relationships and we continue to learn into being curious about unraveling another layer of the onion who of who our partner is and getting curious about these new projects for example they bring back to us or this new creative thing they want to take on us actually getting curious about it oh what what is it about that you want to explore and tell me more about it and where would you want to take it and all of that that is a form of encouragement and support and that mm-hmm. can come simply through you know, being curious and asking them about what what's all that about and how can they continue exploring that deeper? And I think often what we do is when we've known someone for so many years, we assume we know all of them, like all parts of them. We assume we know their whole essence. And while we can know a great deal of a person, I think we're always learning new things about people all the time. And, you know, and I'll give you a very perfect example here. This is, you know, outside of just the romantic relationship space, but even our parents, you know, I think oftentimes we've grown up with our parents. We don't think to get curious and ask them like, who were you before you had us? And so recently I, you know, I said to my mother, I was like, I know you've said to me, you've traveled the world before, but like, where actually have you been and what places did you like and all of this? Only to come to, you know, learn my mother was like in a jungle in Kenya, almost killed like <laughs> crazy stories that I'm, I was like, wow, I had no idea my mother's been through some adventurous stuff. She seems like a pretty calm, even keeled woman to me, you know? Um, and so I think the same thing shows up in our romantic relationships that we get mm-hmm. so comfortable with the identity that we have pegged our partner to be that we stop getting curious and going deeper and unraveling other parts of them. And so when we're not doing mm. this, then parts of them may eventually feel like they're, they've died. And so now we're not opening a space for that partner to live inside of it and explore other elements of themselves. And so they go look well, is, And isn't it also, it's that whole thing of, you kind of lose it because you melt
0: into one kind of entity. That's that whole, my other half, right? right. Mm-hmm. That, that's the whole thing. Is that is that you're we're sort of told that we're part, we're half people until we meet our partner. And then and then especially if you're getting together and then you're becoming parents together, you almost do become this this unit, but you can lose yourself and you become these roles of whoever you are. And and like I know for me, I, I fell into these roles that really were not healthy for me. And it was when I left my marriage that I I really was like, who that? Hell, like I had no, I had no idea who I was. I had like no identity because I had really lost it completely. And I think that can happen too. So then, if you do find something that's exciting or someone that excites that part of you, that's where that again the communication comes in. Because if 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 you feel like you you've lost your spark and then it's been reignited, and your partner isn't there saying okay, let's let's fan the flames of this. Yeah, it's going to be hard. And that's when I think, even if it's not the physical part of it, I think if you're getting encouragement or you're getting support or you're feeling heard, that's where the real danger yeah.
1: Yeah. comes and, from. And I love what you said about roles. And not only do we put ourselves in certain roles, I think also our partners can look at us in a certain way. And, and something I've heard from multiple married men that I've spoken to over the years, Marcy, is they first see their, their girlfriends when they're with their girlfriends before they're married. They see them as these fun, sexy, playful, you know, they're, they're like, they're we call it other half or partner, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as these women have kids, then they become mother. And pardon my French, mother is no longer fuckable. Right. (laughs) Mother is no longer sexually desirable. Mother is no longer someone that I can taint. And so uh, oftentimes, and more often than um, I can say, I'm even surprised that at this point that I've seen men feel like I can't have sex with the mother of my children the way I would have with the girlfriend that she used to be. And so, you know, then often you see them going out and cheating for these reasons too. And it's really to fulfill that, that like sexual, like salvage type of side Mm. of sex that they feel like in many ways they can't bring home to the mother of their kids. So I think, I think unconsciously we often box our partners into certain roles and then forget about certain boxes. Like, why don't you look at your wife as this like maybe sex goddess the way you maybe once did or both of you actively together do certain activities that can bring out that side in her as well and and be able to talk about it once again always comes down to communicating like I miss that Mm -hmm. element of things right and that's where the support comes in too because I think it's
0: very easy to get caught up in the normal work kids life Stuff that you might not feel sexy and 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 also to expect your partner to still be sexy for you it's like well, well what are we doing for each other to do that like how are we encouraging yes. each other to could, are we helping each? other? are we supporting each other? are we putting the kids to bed early? are we going out on date night are we doing things to bring back that and I, I think um I think it's also uh it's it's so important that that piece is so important to constantly sort of check in with how you're feeling before it gets to the point where you do start looking elsewhere. Because I remember my mother used to say that everyone loves the mistress. The mistress is fun because the mistress isn't asking you about the kids. The mistress isn't asking you about the bills. You know, the mistress isn't nagging you to pick up your clothes. She's just fun. So it's much easier to be the mistress, right? But as some people would find if they Leave their wife and the mistress. The mistress then be- <laughs> becomes the one doing no. the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, has got to hold but, it down. So
0: that's yeah, right. No, but I, I think that I, I think going back to again to the communication part, but with your partner, but also with yourself. I think we really do have to be honest with ourselves, and and some of us aren't built for. Super long term, not, not necessarily. Again, there's not, it's not that there's monogamy or polyamory or oh, it's just, I think it could be situational. I think it could be the time of your life. I think it could be the person that you're with. I think and there are so many factors to yes. it. And I I'm, think the minute we put shame to it, that's when we're doing ourselves a disservice.
1: Definitely. And, and I would say this applies across the board to anything in our lives. The moment we put shame on ourselves, now we're literally blocking ourselves and we're paralyzed from being able to see what's layers deep and what's really going on on a mental and emotional level that then then that is leading us to act in the way that we do. And so shame is just like a blanket. It's, it's almost like that heavy weight on the shoulders that says, you know, we're not going to let you come up for air and actually see what's really going on on the surface. So it definitely doesn't serve anybody by any means. And with that being said, I think, and I always, I always say this, you know, before people even get married, I always, you know, teach my clients, how well are you doing your homework? I call it. And that's really about picking a partner that you align with in, you know, the six different areas that I speak of. But one of those areas is emotional. And so I always go back to emotional intelligence, and that's really about being aware of what's emotionally going on within you, but also learning how to manage those emotional states. And so why I bring up all of this is because, let's say you are a person in your relationship who's cheating, but you're with another person who's emotionally volatile. They don't know how to manage their emotional states. So they'll be reactive, angry, explosive, or maybe the opposite. They'll shut down, close off you know, break down, not talk to you. And so often I think we're so afraid to open up and express ourselves because a part of us knows that the partner that we're with actually is not Mm -hmm. of a high Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence, which means they're not emotionally aware of what's going on, nor do they know how to manage those emotions so much so that they can communicate them well. And so I always say to people, do your homework right. When you're dating You want to tune into these things right from day one, you know, how, how is that person emotionally responding to certain circumstances? Because Mm -hmm. if they're just explosive or if they're entirely avoidant, is that the type of person you want in your life when you were going to really need to talk about difficult discussions that certainly will come up when you're married. And so I think that's where shame can come in too, or, you know, shutting down and saying, I could never talk to my wife about this because she wouldn't understand. And for some married men, they're right some of their wives would never genuinely understand. And that's, this really difficult. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying to, to keep it to themselves. It just makes the discussion that much harder to have. At the end of the day, I always say every single relationship starts with us. We mm-hmm. need to be at a good place, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. B- before we are with that person, this concept of like 50, 50, they're my other half. Okay. It's... For me, it's entirely nonsensical. It doesn't make sense. I want to come in feeling 100% secure in myself because I bring that security energetically. I bring that security in my presence. I bring that in the way I communicate. I bring that emotionally forwards. And that's going to be the very thing that's going to make or break the relationship. And of course, me me coming in feeling secure is what's going to allow it to, to ride a beautiful, healthy wave versus me coming in you know, insecure and bringing all that baggage with it, that makes it a lot harder to have difficult conversations. <laughs> Absolutely. I think one thing though that I'll point out is that there are a lot of
0: quotes out there that that I don't agree with that, that say you have to completely love yourself before you can let someone else love you. And I don't, I don't, yeah, what I don't it because I, well, yeah, what does that mean? And I think, I think it's, it's really discouraging to some people because there are a lot of people who will never accept themselves. And they're thinking, well, I can't, I can't, I'm not good enough for someone else until I, so I don't even think it's that. I think to your point, it's not even that you need to be 100% secure. However, knowing the things that are difficult for you, dealing with them on your own, not looking for someone else to save you from that. It's okay to go into a relationship with your own issues, with not flaws and, and with some insecurities. As long as you know that you need to work on those things and that you are not looking to the other person to yes. fix those for you. Yes. Because it's that, that expression, if you, if you let somebody, if you rely on someone to feed you, then you're giving them the power to starve you. Going back to originally the whole, what even is cheating? I, I think about that a lot with messages that I get. <laughs> I get from people. Um, let's say you're in a relationship and you're on Facebook. Would you be comfortable with your partner sending somebody a message of saying, "Hey, beautiful, you know, I I, I think you're sexy. Is that okay?" Mm, I don't I don't know if that's okay. You know, but to someone else it, you, you're never going to meet them, you're never you're just sending them a message. It maybe it's it's completely harmless. But then someone else will say, "Oh, that's nothing." You know, but like, do you want to go out for a drink? That's like a whole other step because that's that's making something a reality. There's so many levels to it, yeah. And I don't. Do you talk about that with like I? If, if it feels uncomfortable for you, does that mean that it's wrong? Maybe your partner would wouldn't have a problem with like I find there, especially now with social media, because it, and I, it really it comes down to intention and you don't know the other person's yes. intention. Yes, you know. Yes. And I say I've said this before with people in work situations. Um, I think mean, I remember. Oh God, it was a million years ago with some talk show, and and the host was saying if you're at work, don't, never say anything to another person, another woman, another man, um, that that you wouldn't say in front of your partner. And I disagreed with that because mm-hmm. I thought, I mean, I remember being married at the time and I thought, hold on, if, if my husband's at work and he's got a fun relationship with women at work and the, and they're flirty and there's something comes up that's like, you know, that you kind of have to jump on because it's the double on time. If, if I was there and heard it, it might make me feel weird, but I'm not there. It's fine. there's no. It, it, that's fine. I would never want someone to not be able to have fun and be playful and flirty. Flirting is yeah. fun. That's. Yeah. I'm fine with that. No, I don't want to learn lose my flirtatious. one. I don't want. I don't want my partner to lose that or to worry about everything they say. For me, it's intent.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
0: and and it's not only your intent, but it's making sure the other people. Know your intent. So if you've got a fun, flirty relationship with somebody at work or a friend online or whatever, but you both know I'm in a relationship or I'm not available or whatever, that's to me, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But it's the, mm, I, uh, you want to meet your, there's the possibility of taking it to the, or even them thinking that you did.
1: That's when you draw the line. Of course. And, I mean, you just keep saying such gem things, Marcy. You know, what 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 it makes me think of and all of this is channeling our energy. And so, you know, it in terms of being playful and fun and flirtatious, we can do this and channel that energy back to our partner. And I'll give you a perfect example of what I mean by this. I'm a dancer, I dance Latin style. It's very intimate. We can get very close. And, you know, I would go out like training dancing five six nights of the week and i remember when i was living even back in brazil and my partner was not a big dancer and he was like you know go have fun just bring it back to me and so i would come home sometimes you know what what somebody could say crazy hours in the morning three four five in the morning but i'd come home with all of this energy from the dance floor probably flirtation fun Touching all of this stuff that I would say is healthy and normal, leaving it on a dance floor and then bringing this back to my partner and being all revved up with this energy and now giving it to him. And he loved it. And I think this is actually healthy when we can, you know, feel like you said, flirty at work or playful or whatever it is in certain spaces. So long as our intention is pure, that that's not staying with the person that we're flirting with, that's, that could be channeled back into our our if yeah. you're not turning it off with them and then not bringing nothing home. But for
0: because again, that, that's, that's I think what happens is when you are in long-term relationships, let's say, or not even long-term, but if you do feel the need to shut that down, then, then that's, that's not okay. And that's when you get into trouble. But if you let, if you let the person, have like keep that playfulness, then yeah, they'll bring it back. It's, I've said it before on the show, actually, that, I mean, anyone who's seen me on social media, I dance all the time. I mean, that's my that's my joy and that, that's, I, that I do feel sexy. And that, that does bring out a, a great part of me. And I've dated people who loved that until they started dating me. And then they didn't like that I was doing that. Yeah. And, but don't, I'm not going to shut that down. Like that's not,
1: and you I don't want that. a partner to shut it down. You actually want your partner no. to where they do feel free and liberated. So well, that
0: energy right. you don't want them to lose that part of themselves. Yeah. I mean, just consider it foreplay. I mean, you were saying with your partner they what a great deal they didn't have to dance they didn't want to but then they got the benefits from it i mean how great is that (laughs) how great is that (laughs) so that's that's what i think that sometimes there's openness but there you are your own people you're Mm -hmm. you're individuals who are coming into this relation and you will always be individuals and so to you can't you can't strip all that away to become this couple. It's just not, it's not okay. And I, that's when I think things get dangerous. The other thing I want to say to you, is, it's that I think that when it comes to things like infidelity, I think what's, what we have to be careful of, and I, I always think about this one person I've, 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 I knew a long time ago. I think that there are some people who are in relationships where a partner is, let's say a serial cheater. Um, and they and and it seems like how do they not know? Everybody else seems to know, right? Yeah. yeah. And I I really believe this is why. This is something else I'm going to ask you about. But I will never. I've had I've had um, married people come come on to me or whatever, and I will never call them out publicly. Like yeah. some people will do that because it's not it's not. And there are people who will say, oh, I do because they've put themselves in that situation. Yeah, they did, but their family did. And I, I find it incredibly disrespectful to do I, that to their family. I would never do that. But there are some people who don't want to know. I've seen it with women. I've seen it with men. For whatever reason, and it was different reasons in, in the situations I'm thinking of, they probably know. Everybody around them knows. They don't want to know. And maybe they just really like the life they've built. Maybe they are getting, maybe by their partner, letting, by them letting them do that, without acknowledging it, they are getting something else out of the deal. But they don't want to know. But once you bring it up to them, Mm. they are forced to do something about it. Or they're embarrassed. Now, I'm not talking about, listen, if I had a good friend, if it was a good friend, it's different because then you're lying by omission and it's different. But I'm talking about something you don't really know or whatever. Um, But I think you need to respect that even if you be appalled or you want to know, I really think that we have to respect that Different people are coming into situations and relationships from very different places. And I, and I think that we really need to be careful when putting, projecting how we feel
1: into other situations. And I mean, people also go into relationships with others that they may know from day one, it's not necessarily a healthy relationship, but that's also their own journey and their own process. Right. And there may be lessons that they may learn in this lifetime, they may not but there may be something from that relationship they need to learn themselves. And so, and, and that could really just come down to self value, you know, when Mm -hmm. when we genuinely value ourselves, we often don't put up with certain types of behavior. We're more boundaried. Let's say it that way. We're far more boundaried. We have healthy boundaries when we have a healthy degree of respect for ourselves. And so, some people going into relationships that are unhealthy where there aren't boundaries, maybe it's also a lesson for them to learn how to build them. And it right. cause a lot of suffering along the way. And I mean, that's everyone's path that they need to take individually on their own. Right? Yeah. I also think that there might be, it's, it's very difficult for me being on the outside
0: to look into someone else's relationship, but it could be very possible that that part of it for them is not huge, whereas maybe there's a certain amount of security that they were missing in their life that they do get from that. Maybe sure. maybe they're fine kind of from an emotional standpoint, maybe they're fine from the sexual standpoint, but maybe they didn't have financial security, or maybe they oh. didn't have a home, or maybe they there's something that they're getting that is just so much more important to them, sure. that they don't want to. Run. And I think I think that we kind of have to be able to When it, again, seems so black and white to kind of go, not my place. But that brings me Mm -hmm. to to this other thing that I I find interesting. It's that I've seen plenty of situations where, okay, I know that I don't call people out publicly, but they don't know that I don't call people out publicly. So I'm always amazed Mm -hmm. when somebody will approach a person they don't know. They don't know. And will overtly, I'm talking overtly, come on to them and they are clearly I'm going to get use social media because it's it, it, you can connect with people from all over the world that you don't know C- you know their profile can have a picture of them and their partner you know <laughs> and they can have all these posts about them and their partner yeah uh, and, and then they co- and and my thing is they don't know that the person they're approaching isn't going to post their message online they're not going to approach their partner they don't know that and there's this I'm always amazed that Like the confidence
1: or fearlessness around that amazes me. Yes. Shamelessness, confidence, fearlessness could also be that a part of them, whether they're aware of it or not, actually wants to be found out about. That maybe they actually do want their partner to know that maybe something is missing or they're struggling or they want more in the relationship. Or maybe they have already spoken to their partner about wanting more and they feel like their partner's not listening. So, it's kind of like, well, whatever. Like, I might as well just be open about it because even if my partner did find out, they're not changing anything. Anymore.
0: Yeah. And I, I have, I've heard that before about that there's some sort of subconscious part that kind of wants to at least bring up the conversation. Yeah. I will say it's funny, though, the one time um, I didn't call them out, I did post the message because I thought it was hilarious, but I hid their identity. But I had a complete stranger. <laughs> Facebook message me and say something they thought I was attractive, whatever. And, and I checked their Facebook and I thought they were in a relationship, married, and I didn't, I didn't even respond. Then they sent me something else, and it was about, hey, uh, they'd liked a whole bunch of pictures and whatever. And then they were like, I'd love to take you out for a drink. So at that point, it always depends what time it is at night, what kind of mood I'm in, who you get with this type of <laughs> thing with me. Um, but I said, Oh, I said I I, I saw by your profile that you're married. Will your wife be joining us? And then he blocked me. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I guess not, but, but, but there was this, obviously he was like, oh my God, she's mentioned my wife and now she's going to block, but it's like, but he was, what did he think was gonna? I don't understand. What if I said, sure. What, what?
1: I don't. I'm (laughs) not, I'm not even sure they're thinking 10 steps ahead about it. I almost wonder if sometimes it's an impulse message, or like I said, it's almost like a cry out for some type of help. And I think oftentimes these men, Marcy, actually, and and women too, both men and women, I think often they just want companionship. I think they do just probably want to go for drinks or dinner with someone, and they do just want to talk to someone and, you know, feel a sense of excitement in their lives again, that maybe they don't feel they're getting at home. And so it's, It's almost as if that element is outweighing any sort of, you know, potentially bad thing that could go awry. They're feeling so starved for something um, or so curious about something new or some type of new excitement that it outweighs the potential long-term issues. So there's, it's not really a long-term thought in it for all. And once again, generalizing, you know, we don't. We don't know what's in the heads of every single human being, but these things mm-hmm. don't entirely surprise me. And I think it's because we oftentimes don't even understand our own behavior and why what we, we do what we do.
0: <laughs> Divorce is high. Infidelity is high. So why, why is that, right? And there are people who will say, oh, well, polyamory is infidelity and opening your marriage is infidelity. And it's not.
1: It's not. It, it goes back to communication. Yeah. yeah. if if all cards are on the table, all chips are out there, then I mean, the no, it's not technically. Um, You know, I think, and and we very briefly just touched on it, and then moved away from it at the very beginning of our chat today, I think religion often plays a role. um, And I think religion has often been up against, let's say, our animalistic nature. If we are to subscribe to the idea that we come from animals and even more subscribe to the idea that the closest animal to us, I believe, is the bonobo chimp, they're traditionally polyamorous by nature. They are not monogamous. And so if we are to believe that theory, that that's where we originated from, then you will see a large number of animals, including the most similar one, the bonobo chimps, being more of a polyamorous type of animal by nature. So what does that say about us? Then are we monogamous because it's natural, quote unquote, or are we monogamous because religion came in and said that that's the, the right way, you know? And of course, politics around marriage came in and it made it much easier to um to actually sign a contract and wait. And this is because there's a lot of financial ties and all of this. Mm -hmm. And also because traditionally, if we're to look at the way communities were built from our ancestors, communities took care of the kids. It wasn't just mom and dad as a nuclear family taking care of the kids. It was the whole communities that would have their kids running around on the land together. And everybody was responsible for everybody's children. And so the moment we moved away from living in such ways, it then became about mom and dad, nuclear family, need to now take care and be responsible of these kids. And so right. it made it beneficial in many senses to move towards monogamous relationships for you know, reasons of such and also, like I said, financial reasons. And so there were there are many reasons that made monogamy actually quite convenient. And Arguably um, easier and arguably maybe better for the children, and you know, so many reasons in favor of it. But does that necessarily mean that the nature of every human being is Mm -hmm. monogamous? And I would arguably say no. Funny that you
0: say. Sorry, when you just when you talked about, um, you mentioned contract, and it's it's something I've said before. It's marriage is the only contract that somebody will go into and sign for life. This you are signing this. For life and you cannot make any amendments to it. Like you, you wouldn't sign that for anything for anything else, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what and that's what you're doing, unless you're able to say, I mean, I I met a couple many years ago who I don't know if they were married, they were together for a very, very, very long time. And every year they would get together, they would sit down and say, Okay, do we want to move forward?
1: Mm-hmm. And and if
0: we're having questions what what is it that we need to work on but they made a conscious decision every year to decide if they want it and and there was no there was legally i guess common law or whatever but but they didn't feel like they had made this promise it was i am promising you my right now i am promising you what i can give you right now and 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 that's and i'm doing my best and i love you and that's my intention Mm -hmm. but that's it. And then you revisit that. And I also think it keeps you from
1: getting lazy. It keeps you from getting complacent. It's a re-choosing. sounds like a re-choosing every year. Yes.
0: Yes. And how amazing is that to know that your partner is choosing it, that you are choosing your partner every year. I mean, there's something really amazing in that. And I think, you know, before that you go and I think that what I try to accomplish with everybody I talk to is just that the idea that when it comes to this specifically, if you, if you are listening to this and thinking that I'm putting down traditional marriage, that is not it. it it's, yeah. If that is your thing, oh, I hope you enjoy that forever. Yeah. Um, but, but to know, I just think it's so important for people to know that whatever it is that makes you happy, if you are not hurting somebody else, if, if, if it gives you pleasure, it's okay to explore that. And it doesn't matter what society thinks, it doesn't matter what your neighbor thinks, it doesn't matter. And I think that if we are in relationships that we that we owe it to our partners to listen to what to what they need and to and also to let them know what what we need, because I think I think the biggest shame is when you've got two people who yeah. aren't having needs met and mm-hmm. they could be. Yes. Talk about it, but they're both so afraid to, because they've been married for twenty years, and this is the way it's done so
1: they assume that this is the way it's going to be when really, they could be opening up a whole new thing hundred and ten percent and it you know it it just makes me think to you know key number two I discuss in my connection, yeah. code theme, which I call clarity. And it's really about getting clear on what is it that you want, value, desire, boundaries, needs, all of these things. And then how can you clearly express that to your other partner and how can they then get clear on what their wants, needs, boundaries, you know, everything desires are and be able to clearly express that back. And I think when two partners are clear within themselves and then are capable to clearly communicate with each other, I think you see a very different type of relationship. And that can be the very thing that saves a relationship. And I think that can be the very thing that can end a relationship in peace if you choose to do so. So either way, I see it as a win-win. But the, the point is, things don't need to be perfect. They need to be clear. So we know how to move forwards rather than being paralyzed in our lives.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah I think fear is that fear keeps us back
0: from so many things when we move in fear. Um, so we're going to put all your contact information, but do you want to list just just the nine your nine keys. And then when they then we could just list them and then and then I mean we'll have access to you so they can dive deeper and, and contact
1: you. But I don't want you to leave without mentioning them. And so in a in a nutshell, I talk about what I call the connection code. These are the nine keys to actually learning how to powerfully communicate, how to lead greatly in all of our relationships, and how to ultimately connect deeply and have meaningful relationships. And so I start off with what I said, curiosity. We move into consciousness, clarity flow, full expression, full flexibility. And I'm like, where where are we at? <laughs> um, well, sorry, I missed that one. What was the last one you cut out for compassion. that? Compassion. 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 We've got integrity in there. And um, I'm, I'm trying to recall confidence is a huge one. Right. And then the final one that I'm adding to this mix is what I call play. And play right. is so important because, and as we talked about earlier, humans, we do need stability. We do need comfort. We do need to know that, you know, there is that structure and foundation to our homes. But once we have that, an element of us also needs play and we need freedom and spontaneity. And so if we don't feel that we can get an aspect of that in our relationship and that play can't come through us, then we will certainly some way or another end up finding it in, in other relationships. So- Absolutely. They
0: even say with kids, the best way to, that they learn through education is allowing them time to play. But mm-hmm. so that's how we learn. And I just have to say the two that kind of jumped out at me a lot are flexibility and compassion. And I think that th- those are two things that will take us in so many different kinds of relationships. If we, can, if we can have some flexibility in the way we think and the way we feel and the way we were taught and have compassion, for what someone else is thinking or are needing and for ourselves and what we, what we're thinking, what we're needing. I think that will take us very
1: far personally and in our relationships. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's funny you picked flexibility of all of them. Cause I do think that's, it's a huge piece. And I always say to people, we want to go into any relationship with an open mind and an open heart because we are just as much students as we are teachers. And if we could humble ourselves enough to learn and be open to listening to people and to experience something new and to hear a different perspective that may feel uncomfortable, we would have very, very different relationships with the people in our lives. Absolutely. Because even as I
0: said at the very beginning, to tie it all back, (laughs) even even topics that seem so black and white on the surface, when you dig deeper, there's a lot of gray area. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Miavana. For, for really? I knew this was going to be a great conversation. I mean, there's so much in there, and I, I appreciate your outlook on everything. And we're going to post your links so people can can check you out and contact you for yes. more. And I, I I love your insights um, and your flexibility with everything. <laughs> and I but I do. I think I think it's the kind of compassion that we need that's going to help people move forward, especially if they're feeling stuck or conflicted.
1: So, thank you so much for being, so much, here. Marcy. Thank you. I appreciate it. And for anyone listening, you're more than welcome to connect with me, contact me. I would love to chat and, and connect even further. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening.
0: And I will see you next week. How to read your own. Writing. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.